Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Game Junk Podcast, episode 139, recording on Sunday, February 26th, 2023. My name is Frank. My name is Sean. And my name is Andrew. And after a brief hiatus, Huck City is back in the building, and we will mm-hmm. be talking the Sony State of Play for February 2023. Also, some PSVR 2 first impressions, which I picked up. And uh, talking about some other games as well. So I hope everyone's doing well. I'm going to do a little uh, promotion at the beginning. I, I keep forgetting to do this at the beginning of the show, and then everyone probably turns it off by the end. So there is one week left on limited run games for pre-orders for physical editions of Embers of Miram for PS4 and for Switch. Uh, it is a physical version of the game that I worked on. A few years ago, better get it now because it's you got one week left to get to get it pre-ordered, and then it's gone forever into the limited run vault, as they say. I don't know, but uh, hot item. Don't hot wait. Item. Don't wait. Pre-orders close Sunday, March fifth, twenty twenty-three, at eleven fifty-nine p.m. You're running out of time. Act now. Act now. Don't pause wait. the show. Go to the website. Order now. All right, and I'm going to put another plug in here. Uh, A good friend of mine, Mike, released his first game, which I think he developed mostly on his own, on Steam this week, called Boot and Shoot, uh, via his company named Dismal Studios. And it's uh, you kind of kick with your feet off walls and shoot at the same time, a bit like Geometry Wars. This was... One of my friends in university, we discovered Geometry Wars together that fateful day playing Project Gotham Racing 2, and we played it all day. And he has made a game that is similar, uh, not exactly the same, but clearly Geometry Wars inspired with its own kicking and shooting hook mechanic and uh, some roguelite abilities and buildups. So it's very affordable uh, on sale right now for $6 Canadian. So check it out if you get a chance. Cool. Very cool. Pretty impressive what he's done on his own. So boot and shoot. Dismal Studios. Check it out. Awesome. And then if you guys play it or whatever, we can talk about it. And maybe Michael want to get on the show. I'll talk to him. Sure. Uh, okay. So let's get into Sony State of Play for 2023. The Internet was so pumped after this show. It was absolutely huge. So we better go announcement by announcement. There there really wasn't much going on here. So the PSVR 2 released this week uh, on February 22nd. And the, the first part of the show was pretty much showing five VR games. The Foglands, Green Hell VR, Synapse, Journey to Foundation, and Before Your Eyes. They all were, I think Before Your Eyes has been out before, like it's an existing game, right? Where you blink yeah. and it used like blinking technology on other VR headsets, which the PSVR 2. It, it wasn't just VR. It was also like on PC. Oh, with a webcam? webcam? Okay. All right. So mm-hmm. I, the only games I, I don't think I'd heard of were the Foglands and Synapse. Uh, I assume Green Hell is like a survival game that's been switched to VR. But I, I mean, I got a PS VR two, and it, none of these games, except for maybe Foglands, 
Synapse, to a lesser extent, looked truly unique or exciting to me. They felt pretty run-of-the-mill. Like, coming out of the gate with your new tech, this was... Mm-hmm. Yikes! Pretty weak. <laughs> what, what are we looking at here? Where's the, where's the launch lineup? <laughs> Sean, you're a, you're a VR poser. Which one were you the most excited about out of those ones? I mean, I don't know. I guess Journey to Foundation, just because it's Asimov. It's kind of cool, but honestly, none of them really caught my eye. I agree that like I, I'm still waiting. Obviously, if if there were some exciting PSVR two titles out there, I I probably would have bought it. But, uh, you know, the only thing I'm kind of interested in right now is Horizon. So I'm curious to hear what you have to say about that. But everything else is like ports of Oculus Quest games. So, like, I, I'm still waiting for the the killer apps, so to speak. Huck, I, if I remember, you were reading Foundation at some point. Is that? Uh, yeah, I've read, I think, the first two or three of the novels. Yeah, so I have zero interest in this game though (laughs) why that'd be a system seller i thought you'd have to throw down i I, you know what like i it said journey foundation i was like is this actually like dasma stuff and then it turned out to be and i was like okay and then i watched the gameplay and i was like this looks completely boring and i don't know what you do in this game that would be compelling so you know you shoot stuff dude I I guess so. I mean, the most compelling I, game mechanic of all time. That one is for you. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I I mean, I don't know. I I think the source material is awesome, and I, I I would maybe wait to see a review. Like if it is, you know, blowing people away, I would reconsider for sure. But from what I saw in this trailer, it didn't really like, you know, it piqued my interest. So uh, I don't know. I I love the books, but this is this was not doing it for me. And uh, just convince me it didn't convince me other than being in like, you know, the foundation universe. It didn't convince me that it would bring anything to the foundation universe that like elevates it or anything. So what was that? I roll chill, chill, give it a chance. Give the game (laughs) a chance. Uh, It's a 30 second trailer (laughs) just to skip ahead a bit. The, uh, I will say the PS VR two. I always want to say PS two VR. (laughs) <laughs> I hate the name PSVR 2. Uh, shooting things has never felt better with the haptic feedback, and it does make a difference. And so I, and it's got like haptic on the helmet or the, the visor. So, like, when you get Ooh. hit by stuff, it it's a bit of a yeah, step yeah. forward. Yeah, it is cool. Uh, but okay, so far we're in Snooze Town with these first five announcements. <laughs> Guess what? Although we're, I must we're not say leaving that- Snooze Town. <laughs> With the with the Foglands game, I thought it actually looked graphically quite impressive for like a VR title. Uh, so like I don't know what Horizon looks like under the visor, but I thought this looked pretty good. And um, from what I could tell, the PSVR two is you know pretty pretty powerful VR machine. Well, I mean, it mostly comes down to the console when it's wired, right? It's like it's it's running on the console. So P, uh, the Horizon looks a million times better than any of these games. And Resident, oh, Evil, really? okay. uh, Resident Evil Village looks a million times better. So uh, I, okay. I agree Foglands has an interesting art style for VR, but it feels like they are not maximizing the technical possibilities of the PlayStation 5. But we shall see. Probably because they, they want to launch it on other stuff as well. We're going to get the Switch situation with games that want to launch on the Oculus and PSVR 
and PC. And so we'll get reduced to the most popular tech. Lowest common denominator. You got it. All right. Next, uh, Destiny 2 Lightfall, which it was just a cinematic trailer. It's coming next week. Do we have anything to say about this? I liked the the general aesthetic of Lightfall, but there was no gameplay here. It was putting me deeper into my slumber. This might have been exciting if you are like deep into Destiny 2, but I don't know who this would appeal to if that is not you. Yeah. I mean, what do you say about it if you're not really playing Destiny? Like, I always uh, am curious. I played a bit of Destiny 1, uh, have not touched Destiny 2. And it's like anytime the latest, uh, you know, chapter or whatever comes out, it's like, yeah, it looks kind of cool, but I'm not going to jump in now. So, yeah. And like, just to add to that, it's almost more to me anyway, it was more alienating. Like, I, why would I jump into this now? It's like, it feels so into the lore. I'm, I've got this, oh, this is like, I have no context for any of the cinematic. I feel like they should be doing something to, at least in a state of play, to appeal to someone who's never played before with gameplay or weapons or vision. Like it, this is like the worst version of what this could have been, in my opinion. It, uh, this month on PS Plus, wasn't there one of the Destiny Two? They had a things? free weekend or a free week, or uh, I think one of the actual games was on there. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, but like this is I'm confused about Destiny Two as well because it technically is free to play, but I think the majority of the content is locked behind. You have to buy it to actually do anything. So it's kind of weird. Feels like a game that should have its own mini video or stream. Yeah. All right. Uh, Chia, a game we've seen before, is releasing. In March, I think, and it's debuting on PlayStation Plus, the the library. I don't even know what that's called. Uh, this game looks okay. In the trailer, I'm still semi-intrigued by this possession of different creatures and how those will play. But again, nothing new here that's like got me super hyped about this game coming out soon. It was just kind of a segue to a bunch of stuff coming to PlayStation Plus in March. Yeah, not really something that really caught my eye. You know, the only thing that's cool is like, hey, I paid for PS Plus Extra and Premium last year. (laughs) There's been hardly any sort of like day and date games that debut on, on those tiers. And I guess at least this is something. So I'll probably check it out. Yeah, and this is—I feel like this is one of those games where we've seen it so many times now. Like, I just come out already. Yeah, yep. I'm ready for it to just be out. I'm with you. Uh, next, humanity. Who who are the creators of this game? I think it was someone. Not sure. Kind of notable. I didn't write it down. Uh, it it looks like a. It's about humans walking in like large groups and it seems kind of lemmings inspired where people are just following and traveling in herds and interrupting the flow of that with a dog, a puzzle game, maybe half lemmings, half uh, echo chrome. I think it was called. Yeah, Is that, that right? was the game I got. Yeah. 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 That's the vibe I got too. So it looks, it actually looks like a cool concept and it is playable in VR. 
also outside of VR. There's a demo for, for it on PSVR 2. I downloaded it. I've not played it yet. But this game, out of all the VR games, looked the most intriguing to me, especially when some of the scenarios got crazier. There was a, a way to build levels and share levels. I don't know how big of a selling feature that is, but this, out of all the games we saw today, might have been the one that like, was the most interesting and a surprise to me. Everything else was stuff I've seen before. Yeah, I, I was kind of interested in this. This feels Definitely like a Sean right. game 100%. Well, so the first thing is like the title of it. I was kind of confused because I was getting it mixed up with like uh, everything. Yeah, and like too. I don't know, like there's just something about the title that just feels like it's this all-encompassing title that I was getting it mixed up with other games. But I feel like the font is like the same. For maybe that's what it is. Yeah, or, I don't like, know. The color scheme or something. Yeah, yeah, but it does also remind me a bit of that Tabs game, uh, which is you know more of like a combat scenario type thing um but yeah i mean if this is more of a puzzle game which it seems like it kind of is I, i'm kind of interested cool uh next goodbye volcano high another band adventure game uh which there's been quite a few of these this one is probably defined by its unique art style and character designs i guess what I say about all these games, if it had really good music, I, I would be intrigued. But as it stands right now, definitely not moving my needle. I, th- I think we've seen this one as well. Before, oh, for sure. Too. Yeah. 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 And again, like you said, there's like two or three other games. That I was like, oh, is this that game? No, it's this game. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know which one. I, I Some of them I was kind of interested in. I was remembered, uh, reminded of um, Unbeatable, I think it was called, which seemed kind of cool. What was the uh, one where like they were releasing it a, a song at a time and it was a fake band kind of like gorillas? Yeah, was that like AOK or something like yeah, that? Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. So everything AOK or something like that. I and I can't remember it either, but yeah, that's the game I first thought this was. This actually makes me, in some ways, empathize with game developers. There are so many game developers now. Everyone's working on similar stuff. I'm, I don't know if I've talked about like the fatigue of with. Ember Knights and other games. It's just the same roguelikes with different art styles, Hades, clones, uh, construction management simulators, farming games are becoming a dime a dozen. It's just, we need, we need some games to shake things up a bit. We need a shake up. Yeah. It's hard to stand out. Yeah. Uh, look, we are OFK. That was the That's other it. game. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I was close. We are A-OK. Not bad. Yeah. I thought you were right. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> uh, next, uh, Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm Connections. I don't know if I wrote that down right, and I don't care. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anything to say about this? No. No, I do not. It's a fighting game. Goodbye. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3. I don't know. Yeah. I've never played a Baldur's Gate game. You guys got anything to say about this? I'm I'm interested. I dabbled with Baldur's Gate one back in the day, uh, just briefly. It was like just so dense, though. But I know it's like very popular, so I I kind of feel like I need to give this game a try. And I don't know if the August 31st date that they had is a new announcement. I know it's been in beta for or not beta, uh, early access for quite a while. So I don't know if this is like an official launch 1.0 or not. And I don't know if that's been announced before, but I'm interested in this game. I think it, it uh, 
has some potential to be cool. And the company Larian, I think it is, I believe they did uh, Divinity Original Sin or Pillars of Eternity. I can't remember which one they did, but they did one of those games that are very popular. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of interested. I, I guess I, from what I remember, the first two Baldur's Gate games were like turn-based RPGs, right? Weren't they? Like, I don't think they're actually. Like strat- I think they're. Yeah, I think they were more like turn-based, almost like Diablo type strategy games. I think they're kind of like similar, to almost like the original Dragon Age, Dragon mm. Age Origins okay. in that regard. Where you know you could like pull the camera back and do it more strategic in that game. I think that was kind of like the vibe Dragon Age Origins went from. So, but yeah, it, it was Larian was they did do Divinity and Divinity Original Sin too. Okay, I was surprised. I was like. Because those are really popular games and very well reviewed games, so I, yeah. I mean, it's it seems like a pretty big deal for Baldur's Gate to be using them as developers for a similar type of game. Yeah, I don't even know who who owns it. Who owns Baldur's Gate? It used to be like it was developed originally by Bioware, but does EA own it, or has it been passed somewhere else? That's I I guess I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean. Beam dog, it looks like. I have I have some of them from a humble bundle or something like that. So hmm. I don't know. We shall see. Sean, you seem like the type of guy who used to play Baldur's Gate. Well, no, I never played the first two. I really liked the Dark Alliance series because that was more action RPG. But uh, I- I'm still a little bit curious about this. All right. Next up. Our next destination in Snoozeville, Wayfinder, uh, which I don't know. I again, I don't. It doesn't feel fair to the developers. I think this one is partly developed or developed by Digital Extremes, uh, yeah. and it, it feels like a a Fortnite inspired like action RPG, uh, which like it looks okay. It looks a lot like Fortnite. Mm-hmm. And it, it might be fine. It kind of reminds me of t- the old Torchlight games, which I didn't play that much of, but uh, but not like top-down in a 3D environment. And it looks decent. I think it's they said exclusively to PlayStation 5, if I'm not uh, misremembering. Or PlayStation, sorry, not PlayStation 5. This game is coming to. I don't know. It's, it's just another game that doesn't feel like it's standing out. It's another, you know, online experience that is... There's so many of them all trying to get money. And like, I don't see why this is the one I would play. If I was going to play one, I would go to some, some that have been around for a while have figured out what works and what doesn't for their game. Yeah, I guess, is this a free to play game? I think so. I was kind of assuming it was, but I don't know if that's true. Um, But yeah, like digital extremes, they've done quite well with Warframe which I've never played, but it's just, you know, it's another one of those games that's got like a pretty big audience and I just know nothing about it. Interesting. So it is coming to PC as well, but I would not have expected this. It's developed by airship syndicate and published. They did the dark siders Genesis game and published by digital extremes. Oh, okay. Interesting. Hmm. So I didn't know and Digital Extremes like is publishing stuff now. It looks like Joe Mad or Joe Mad Madrera, Madrera. I don't know how you say his name, but like he was the guy who did the 
designs for Darksiders, I think. And I think this is his studio that's working oh, on it. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, it, yeah, it looked War- okay. Warframe must be doing really well. Yeah, for sure. Publishing stuff. So, I mean, I know it is, but like really well. Yeah, yeah that's interesting. So that's, that's, that is definitely interesting, but I'm right. Write down digital streams as a company to start pitching to. I guess I, I am. Uh, <laughs> I, I will edit this out. Huck. This game looks amazing and we can't wait. To play. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't wait to connect with digital streams in the future. <laughs> okay. Uh, next street fighters, Capcom stuff, street fighter six, three new characters, I'm sure there's people who care about Zangief, Lily, and Cammy. I am not one of them, but I always, whenever I see a new Street Fighter game, it lo- I'm like, this looks cool. This is going to be the time I learn to play Street Fighter, and I buy it and never do. And I'm sure that will happen with Street Fighter 6. <laughs> I did that with Street Fighter 4. I think I played one match online and was instantly had my ass handed to me. And then I don't think I played it again after that. I wish I know there's training modes in these fighting games. I, I I don't know if there's a great one. I wish street fighter had a mode that literally trained you like how to get good, brought you through the process of what makes someone good, what to look for, how to like, like take, get me to that level faster. I mean, I was, I always wanted to cause people at Silicon Knights played every lunch after work. I'm like, I wish I could get good at it. I just, I, I can't even get to that point where I can have fun and compete. So uh, if that, if this game has that, I would definitely be intrigued. Next resident evil four remake coming in March. I think this is the first time we've heard there's going to be a mercenaries mode, which was a little confusing because when they were showing the, the cut footage in a trailer, I kept seeing like co-op stuff going on. I was like, oh, are they adding a co-op mode to this game? It looked like Resident Evil 5. And I think that was just Mercenaries mode highlights. Do you guys, can you guys I, confirm I, or deny this? I think this? so as well. I but don't they, know for sure. They didn't announce merc- the Mercenaries until the end of the trailer. So I'm like, okay, I guess that's what that was. But uh, it, it, I was, I'm all, I've been excited for this game. I'm still excited for this game. Nothing really wavered or changed my excitement level based on this trailer. Yeah, I don't really have too much to say. I mean, it's it looks good and I will be picking it up, but uh, yeah, I mean, did you guys ever play the Mercenaries mode in any of the previous games? I don't no. think I ever did. I might have dabbled for some trophies, but it definitely didn't take. Which is I would like to play it in terms of I've always found Resident Evil shooting and weapons, very satisfying. So it seems like something I should like or would like, but it's something, I think it's more about the user experience and getting into the games and the flow of a game. Like that design has never felt all that great or unique. Yeah. But I, I, this was not part of the state of play, but I did confirm they, I knew they announced this at some point, I think this week that it will have a VR add on mode for PSVR two. Just kind of makes cool. sense. You don't have to pay for so, it, but uh, it's, I think, but that's cool. So is mercenaries just like an online, like battle mode kind of thing, or is it the co-op aspect? It's like a waves. Uh, oh, okay. Horde mode okay. kind of thing. I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. Okay. I wasn't sure. 
And that gets us to the main event for the state of play. Huge. The Suicide Squad killed the Justice League uh, from Rocksteady Games. I I don't even have the release date written down. I think it's May. May 26th. May 26th. It's a pretty hyped game. Moving this Batman universe with Rocksteady into more of a shooter genre. And... I have many thoughts on this. Uh, I'll let you guys go first. This is Sean's baby. Baby. Well, yeah. I mean, like, I didn't hate it, but I saw it. I saw a lot of negativity out there from people. Um, I'm interested. Obviously, they hadn't announced that it was four-player co-op previously. So that's kind of cool, uh, kind of surprising, uh, especially, you know, with... Um, is it four player for sure? So they previously announced it's co-op and we speculated it was two player co-op or I don't even think they said it was co-op before. Maybe I, I, missed I just it, assumed but, uh, it was. I mean, yeah, we kind of thought just because it's, it's this team and it seemed to be focusing on four different characters, but um, yeah, I mean the, the headline on the PlayStation blog is suicide squad debuts, four player co-op gameplay and more. So um yeah, I mean, like, that's kind of cool, but also at the same time, after the way Gotham Knights turned out, which, to be fair, I haven't played enough to really know if I agree with all the reviews, but, like, it seemed like that was like, okay, th- we're going to do the co-op version of the Arkham series with this game, and this is going to be something else. But the fact that they're doing co-op for both and co-op was a bit questionable and maybe took away from the experience with Gotham Knights... I I should say, like, I I think playing co-op is fun and adds to that game, but I think the overall design decision and the things you have to do in order to incorporate co-op kind of takes away from what the Arkham games are. Agreed. And so that's kind of what I'm worried about here. Uh, I, you know, the kind of the stuff they showed was kind of like one big, I guess it was kind of a boss fight or like leading up to a boss fight. Uh, and I was confused at first because they were switching between the different characters. Like it was just like, it would show one person do something and then it would cut to the other character. And I wasn't, I was like, okay, so are they, are they choosing to switch to that character or does it automatically switch to that character? Like, what's the deal? I still don't really understand it. I assume in single player, you can just switch between all of them. It didn't, it didn't well. sound like that based on that one interview. I don't know what his role was, but he had said that, before you go into a mission, you can choose the person you want to play as. Oh, okay. So I think that swapping was just to highlight the co-op aspect, not character swapping on the fly. Cause I had the same thought. I was like, are they actually like swapping on the fly? But that's not the case. You can, you can play all the characters in single player, but only at the start of the mission you choose. It sounds like that's how I interpreted it. You, would play as one character for each mission if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Now, if we're going to talk to character swapping, first of all, when your game, that's going to be the feature game of your state of play. If you have to cut a highlight reel and talk about why it's good for 10 minutes afterwards, you have already failed. All great games show gameplay uninterrupted and people are super impressed the best games just show the game we're in this game clearly had to cut around the game itself which is never a good sign uh speaking to the screen switching i'm not seeing any other characters on the screen at the same time you know if if you're trying to highlight why this game is fun as co-op 
I should see two people doing things together or yeah, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't even see a character being played by someone else on the screen at the same time where I'm like, oh, that's yeah. the other person in the same thing. They're all in different places doing different things. Does not sound like a great co-op game to me. I was like really looking around the HUD to try to like see like basically try to figure out, are you swapping? Like how, where is your like partners or whatever? And I couldn't tell, like even on the mini map, there is no sort of like icons to represent your co-op buddies or anything like that. Yeah. So it was really weird. I still, on my second viewing of this, I watched it again before we recorded and the gameplay itself, gameplay itself looked pretty good. It's a bit like sunset overdrive, uh, the Harley Quinn is basically Spider-Man in this game. It's, you know, each character looks pretty unique. Uh, some look more fun than others, I would say. But the gameplay looks like a reasonably compelling action shooter. So, See, I would, I would disagree with the uniqueness part. I thought that every character looked the same except for Deadshot, who is kind of more like Iron Man with his hovering ability. Whereas most, almost all the gameplay was like, I'm going to boost up way over top of this building, shoot down, hmm. and then kind of like boost up again. Like there was never any gameplay, it seemed, on like the streets in like close quarters. It was True. all this like up in the air, super high up over the building stuff. I didn't really get like why they're doing that. Like why would Harley Quinn propel herself? 40 feet in the air uh, and then and then the i don't know i don't know these not the shark character the other boomerang captain boomerang yeah he did the same thing he's boosting way up there and shooting and then the shark th- thing is boosting way up and then slamming down <laughs> like and then what's his face the dead eye was like boosting up and then hovering and shooting like oh what a what a big change i don't know i thought all of it kind of looked the same to be honest um they, they were and, and all it was, shooting. That's kind of yeah, and it was the impression all, I got. And it was all that sort of like, um, uh, you know, tall buildings, but it didn't give you the same vibe as like Spider-Man. You know, like New York, the New York City had almost like a personality. This Metropolis City felt like just a bunch of boxes with enemies on top of them. Yeah, and that's like I was thinking about that—the fact that it takes place in Metropolis. I was like, "Oh, that's kind of interesting." We haven't really had a game that's in Metropolis, but then, yeah, exactly. I was like, "What is Metropolis?" I don't even know. Like, I think from yeah. what I remember before, there was somebody, some comic book artist or something, had said that the analogy is that like uh, Gotham City is New York at night, Metropolis is New York during the day or something like that. That's kind of, but I, I think it's more supposed to be like Chicago or something too. So I, I really don't know what, what I would look forward to exploring in Metropolis. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I agree in part with both of those criticisms. I think it's being, I think you could say that about a lot of games and a lot of cities, uh, but it's, it still didn't look that great. And the worst part is the biggest warning sign to me is the 15 minutes after of each person working on the game saying like, why each character is so awesome. Like, of course you want to play this character. The, the explanation for there's the, green effects. The shark was like, Oh, he's really smart and well read and uh, well off, but he also doesn't know what simple words are and simple. I'm like, what? 
Like, why is that compelling? Can you give an example or a joke that works? If if, if you mean he's just Drax, but a shark, I, that I would have understood. But like th- these explanations weren't even compelling. And then on top of like the hard selling, you can switch costumes. I'll say some like the Superman costume on the shark looked kind of cool, but you can switch costumes and change the look of your weapons slightly like that was skull and bones vibes you can change the look of the cannons on your ship every game lets you do this (laughs) i don't care this is not a reason to buy this game you got to sell harder if that's your hard sell you're in trouble was it announced before that it was in the arkham universe yes or is that a new okay okay yeah when they started showing like the different upgrades and stuff I don't know. Something about that really turned me off. Like, oh, yeah. it's it's fine for certain games. Just didn't feel like something I want in an Arkham game necessarily. You mean the gear score? Yeah, all that <laughs> oh, stuff. Yeah. When are really... when are game developers going to f- realize no one likes this stuff? <laughs> well, Just felt very. Not yeah, every game is do, Destiny. But... Not every game needs to be an RPG with loot and gear. Just stop. Make your game good. Learn from Sekiro. It knows what it's doing. If you're making an action game, if you're making an RPG, sure. These are action games. Wise up. Yeah. What scared me about that too, is they were like, you, your gear score will improve, which unlocks the next missions. I'm like, Oh God. So you're talking about like grinding weapons in order to like continue the story. Like this does not sound like something I want to try. Yeah. And a lot of people are talking about that. It's, I don't know if they came out and actually said this in the the presentation, but just that it's basically like a games as a service type thing. Yeah. Like a lot of comparisons to the Marvel's Avengers, which I didn't mind that game, but you know, I get the kind of backlash to that kind of stuff. It just feels like a way to get more money out of people and not necessarily deliver a great game. Like it just, it, it it takes away from the story and sort of the uniqueness and kind of makes it just all these uh, generic missions and things like that. Just focus on making a good single player game. All the best games that sell well are good. Well, that's what this game was. This series Arkham one, two and three amazing single player games that people revisit. They love over and over again. I don't know, know if this is WB games saying we need to do more. We need this to be bigger, but you don't know who you're making games for. Yeah. What did you guys think about? So we see a bit of the flash is kind of like that. I guess that boss fight or something that they're showing you. And so the idea that the justice league are, as the title says, you, they're, they're the ones you're trying to take down which is kind of a cool idea, but then we see that they're all like, I guess, brainwashed in some way and kind of turned like these evil versions of them. My brainiac. Yeah. And, and I guess like one other thing too, the overall vibe of this trailer was, this is going to be yet another game that people are going to be really annoyed at how much talking there is in it. Like it just felt like people like yammering on in every second of this trailer. Like there's never a moment of silence. Yeah, and there's a cinematic intro, cinematic outro. I'm like, I don't really care. And then we're going to go right into a mission. We're going to go into gameplay. And then there's just a like a trailer disguised as a mission. 
there was some linear nature to the thing, but it's definitely not gameplay. So, uh, yeah, this I'm getting warning signs everywhere with this. Uh, well, I I will say though, I will be buying this game, and I w- probably won't be playing it, but I will buy it because uh, there is potential. Yeah, I, and, I mean, go- oh, go ahead, Sean. I just I gotta go back and play some Gotham Knights before this comes out, so at least I have a point of comparison. But I, yeah, I'm I'm worried. I wasn't worried before. I'm worried now. I I I guess I didn't really know that. Was it announced before that the Brainiac guy had taken over the Justice League, and that's why? I don't the, think so. The, yeah, the, I don't know specifically. The squad is attacking. Okay, so like you have evil Superman now. Doesn't he just like wipe the floor with everyone immediately? Like, isn't that the whole reason why Superman is not the best is because he's like moral and doesn't do bad things. So he doesn't just kill all the people, all the bad guys in one swoop. Like a bad Superman should be able to just destroy everything. And what was the movie that came out? Like, what's it called? Uh, Blackburn. Blackburn, black, black yeah. bright, bright burn, black, bright, bright burn. Yeah. There's, yeah, like there's also a, a book series that has like a bad superheroes kind of like this. And it's kind of a similar thing, but um, yeah, it just seems weird. Like how are these, how are these jokers? Like, and I don't mean the joker. I mean like stupid enemies or stupid bad guys supposed to stop the flash and Superman. Like they better have a good explanation because like, this seems ridiculous. But I kind of like that premise because to me, yeah, like they're clearly huge underdogs. Like, so it's kind of interesting, like, okay, how are the Suicide Squad going to kill the Justice League? Like, I don't know. That seems like that would be a tough, tough mission. It it almost seems impossible since all the guns they have, the bullets should just pop off of Superman's chest. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, I I did see a lot of comments from people saying like, why the hell is this a Suicide Squad game? I want to play as the Justice League. And I do kind of get that. I don't know if it's that there's like some kind of uh, studio thing going on where they're like, we need to push Suicide Squad. But it could also be just a decision where it's like, yeah, I don't know if it's that fun to play as these super powerful characters, because then you got to come up with enemies that are like powerful enough to be a challenge, right? Like, I don't know if that's part of it. Yeah, my guess would be internally people at the studio were sick of doing rhythm combat. They've kind of put it through every iteration it could be. They were somewhat passionate about trying a shooter or a fun shooter based on the Batmobile mechanics in uh, Arkham Knight, which are pretty good. And I see remnants of those systems or influences from those systems in this game, like the, the purple weak points on vehicles. And so I, I have faith in their ability to, to design uh, aiming mechanics. And I personally when it comes to integration with DC properties and Superman and who I want to play as, I couldn't give less of a shit about any of that stuff. Just make the game fun. I'm in, I'm concerned because all the warning signs are telling me the game isn't fun. We've done it. We've summarized this trailer. We've broken (laughs) it down. We've talked state of play. I think we have to give a letter grade, unfortunately. Ooh. I can't wait. Will my blue haze taint this letter grade? <laughs> you yeah. guys you guys better go first. I gotta think about this. Uh, Man, this is tough. Like 
if I'm being honest, it's like a D minus. <laughs> like, you know, Suicide Squad is the only thing that I was really excited about. And this made me less excited about that game. So that's not good. I, you know what? I was thinking D, but I think I'm going to go F. Like, it was just bad. Like, nothing is interesting to me here. Other than, like, Baldur's Gate 3, maybe. Other than that, nothing is really making me excited. So I'm going pure F. F plus. Click. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get into what we played. Who would like to go first? You guys want to talk Atomic Heart first? Or should I do PSVR 2 first? I mean, I want to hear PSVR 2. Okay. Yeah, let's let's do it. That's the hot hot state of play action. All right. Well, I wasn't gonna keep it first of all, so <laughs> I bought. I'm gonna open it. I had pre-ordered it from Best Buy, and I was reading the reviews, looking at how much came out of my PayPal account. I'm like, do I really want this right now? I and I'm like, I don't think so. Then, like, well, Shoppers Drug Mart has it, and it's a redeem weekend where you get some extra money with your points. If I can find one at a shopper's drug mart locally, I'll do it. I I went to one by my grandma's house. I'm like, there's no way they're going to have this. They never get stuff day one. Walk in, Horizon Bundle, VR, right there. I'm like, okay, done. We're doing this. (laughs) That was easy. (laughs) So I picked it up there, installed it the same night, and I tried a few games. So I was like, I have a Gran Turismo installed. Should I play it or... I wanted to wait. Horizon is the definitive experience for this. I, I'm starting with Horizon. That's where, where I'm going. So setting up the PSVR VR 2, it's a lot better. I like the, the dial for actually getting your focal spot appropriate on your, on your eyes is a really nice feature. And it actually guided me through that process, setting it up to make sure my eyes were centered with the uh, lenses. So that was nice. It's got great light blocking. So, because you need the room to be lit for the cameras to work, the front-facing cameras. And unlike any other VR set, when I have that thing against my face, there is no light leak at all. I am fully immersed in the game. So that's always been a big thing for me with VR. The other big features, it's got its own safe area, similar to Oculus. That went pretty well. Uh, It actually, you use the cameras and it will map your room for you and do its best guess at a safe area that that process was relatively smooth and it was easy to add and subtract from it the haptic feedback so these new controllers with the buttons feel pretty good but there is vibration haptic feedback and also on the headset itself vibration and haptic feedback to me that is the biggest difference the actual screen resolution it's not that much of a difference. Certainly not as much as I was expecting. Uh, it's it's a little bit better, but a, from what I've seen tech-wise, about the same as a Quest 2. So it's it's okay in that regard. Not the leap I was kind of hoping for. And the cord, there's one cord. It's uh, USB-C, and I really didn't notice it all that much. It's, it's fine. Corded stuff, VR, I'm not as... Uh, opposed to it as other people seem to be. So the first game I tried was horizon um, call of the mountain. I only did the first mission and it felt really good. Like the, the world, it's one of my favorite game worlds ever. 
it was great to get in there and see the different uh, mechanical uh, creatures going above you. Uh, it was a good intro. I got into some shooting mechanics. The bow shooting felt good. I think my general theme with shooting in all the games I tried is it's it's real to the sake of being boring. Like you have to reload things. You have to grab the arrow from behind your back. And I'm like, I don't, do I really need to do this? Like, it's not that much fun to have to remember, especially when you play normal games. Like now it matters reloading and I have to uh, grab clips and put them in my gun and, but whatever it is what it is. But the, the bow shooting felt really good. The dashing mechanic is surprisingly good. So you have to, you fight a, um, a watcher and they're the ones that you have to shoot in the eye and they like attack you and you do like this two button and swipe to dash. And that was a pretty satisfying combat mechanic and the bow and arrow stuff was good. So the, the combat was, was pretty decent. That's about as far as I got. Uh, the climbing is okay. It got a little more fast and fluid as I continue to do it. I never played the climb or the climb to VR, but it seems like that met with some combat scenarios and uh, it was a decent game. It certainly didn't blow my mind, but uh, it was good. Only so played a bit how now. are you, how are you with other VR games that that where you're like moving through the world, not doing the teleport thing? Okay, I'm not good with any movement in VR. I started with Same. the default uh, setting for this game, which is you have to hold two buttons. It's motion movement, and you have to like actually run to move places or do something. And I, I, I kind of preferred that, to be honest. You still use the right stick to rotate, uh, but I'm going to stick with that for a bit until I get my VR legs back. So moving on from there, I tried Gran Turismo next because people have been saying that is really good. And it was cool and immersive, but... Man, I couldn't make it through a lap before I got sick. I was like, okay. <laughs> I honestly thought I was going to throw up. I was close to vomiting. So oh. I don't know if that's just, I haven't been under the visor in a long time. I need to <laughs> get back uh, to what I used to be, but that did not go well. And then I kind of took a break because I literally laid down. It was like, oh. it actually made me think you might not have been uh, lying when you had VR sickness last time. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't lying. I mean, I, I did to, drink to a lot fair, of rye, but <laughs> I did wake up today and that sickness had left. So, uh, well, that remains to be seen. And today I tried resident evil, a village, and it looks amazing. I was like, you know what? I played village. I don't remember it being that scary. I'm going to play through village again in VR. I can do it. And I did the training mission, did the weapon range where you try the different weapons. That's again where it's like, I got to put each bullet of a shotgun into the shotgun. I'm like, this this is not fun. <laughs> and that was kind of clumsy. I have to like, like racking a shotgun is fun. Doing the bolt on a sniper rifle every time you want to shoot is not fun. But maybe you just get better at it. But the weapons themselves and aiming them and shooting felt great with the recoil and all that stuff. That was awesome. And then to leave the demo, you have to go into a room where it's pitch black and you have to use your flashlight. I'm like, I'm out. (laughs) 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 I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen here, but I, you know, I said, come on, just, you know, just try to push through. So I did. And then I started playing the game and I forgot the intro where there's like the baby and in the house 
and it it looks really good. Like it's that same environment in VR and it is impressive. And then I went up the stairs. I'm like, I think when you go downstairs, crazy shit starts happening. And I bailed. <laughs> I couldn't handle it. I'm like, I can't do this. I don't think I can play horror games in VR. It's too, it's too much. So we'll see if I go back. I doubt it. And then the last game I'll talk about. And this game, if Sean is coming to my house, I'm making him play this game first. If there was ever okay. a VR game, this was the best VR game I played by far. And I've heard a little bit of buzz around it. It's the cheapest game for PSVR, I think, on launch. Runner. Have you heard of Runner? Haven't even heard of Runner. So I did nope. like some research. What are the top best VR game, PSVR 2 games to play at launch? And a few of them mentioned Runner. And Runner is you're like in a futuristic world where you ride a motorcycle and you have to deliver things. I don't even know what I'm delivering. But you have guns, you have weapons, you're on a highway, like on a motorcycle going as fast as you can. And it is awesome. This is the game Sean needs to play in VR. Is this like a Matrix Reloaded highway scene? It kind of is. It kind of is. And you got like weapons in both hand, then you put the weapons down and then you're leaning forward and like on the bike trying to pick up energy. It's, it's perfect. This is such a cool VR concept. So, uh, yeah, when you come try it out, that's the first this thing you're playing. Do you guys ever read the book snow crash? No, I, I saw people yeah. comparing it to Akira as well. Okay. Kind of. Yeah. Well, it's got that. I saw what a little bit where there was like a, almost like a, uh, what's it called? And what's the Japanese is just, why can I not think of the Japanese animation? thing not not manga but anime anime yeah anime yeah. Oh, <laughs> Shit, gosh, my brain is fried dude. <laughs> <laughs> A- anime uh character like on the tv screen like, yeah that's who you're interacting with an anime character well that's just getting so, into the game once you're on the game you're on the motorcycle you are oh, okay you are going hard and i think it's on steam as well so sean could play it if he wanted to but uh now did cool. you play do you have a quest too frank Oh, it's on it's on Oculus as well. I didn't know that. Do you have a quest too? I do, yeah. Did you did you ever try Half Life Alex? Uh I did. And yeah. how does that visually compare to like Village on the PSVR two? I'd say Half Life Two looks a little or sorry, Half Life Alex looks a bit better if I had to be, oh, okay. from what I, I remember. I was wondering. Yeah. But I mean my PC is way better than the PlayStation Five. So I'm yeah, not but, surprised. but I, yeah, I, it's just interesting because I tried it before I had my new computer on my old one when I only had a 1080 and it still looked amazing on that. So I'm, I'm interested to tr- go back to that, which I will, probably will never do, but, uh, so yeah, it looks like anyways. runner came out October of last year on Oculus. So Sean, this, I'll give it a post 1699. If you ever get one of those vouchers for a coupon on the Oculus store, Runner is your game. So okay. why do you think you got sick playing Gran Turismo, but not this game? I don't know. I don't I don't know if it's the turns. Like, you don't turn that much in this game. It was when you're taking okay. wide turns in Gran Turismo, and oh, man, I, like, extremely nauseous. So I because, got to, like, go ahead. I'm, I'm watching a review, and it has, like, a lot of stuff you'd think would be uh, given you that kind of like motion sickness in a car type thing. But 
it's weird yeah yeah it's it's really fun though and i what have i have i've got a bunch of demos i'm gonna try them all out but just the tech is i wouldn't say it's the giant leap forward uh that i thought it might have been but it, it it is a better experience and i would be very happy to like have this integrate with my pc i doubt it'll ever happen but it would be nice <laughs> Unlikely. <laughs> cool. All right. Who's next? You want to do Atomic Heart, Sean? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I I don't know how far you played in this game. This is like obviously just uh, it came out on Game Pass last week, I think. Uh, and it has a pretty long intro. Like, I probably played about an hour, maybe a little more than an hour, and I just barely got to combat. So I can't even really speak to the how I feel about the combat, but just, you know, a lot of people comparing this game to Bioshock. It's a first-person shooter, and it's kind of set in this, like, alternate history Soviet um, era world. And I mean, I really like the world, I have to say. Like, walking around this weird kind of utopian uh, future, retro future world with these, like, cool statues and fountains everywhere. And I was really digging that. Uh, but, yeah, it just it goes on so long. And, you know, I, I mean, the dialogue is weird. I I had heard something about this, too, but, like, I don't know if like, I think maybe they originally did all the dialogue in Russian. And then when they did the English version, they had to kind of, I don't know how this makes sense, but like when they speak English, they speak really fast half the time. Like it's very unnatural, the rhythm of it. And it feels like they're trying to fit dialogue into something for, for dubbing reasons or something, but I don't know why that would have to be that way. Yeah. I also found that like the jokes, like the timing of the jokes was off. Like yeah. someone would, it, it was almost like someone would like say the punchline or, and then the response would be like delayed a few seconds. And it didn't really make sense that like, it just was so natural. Like you were saying, like there was a weird weirdness to it. Yeah. Definitely a lot of swearing, you know, like kind of forced swearing at points. Uh, but you know, I'm kind of intrigued. I don't know. It feels like there's a bit of like this backlash against the game because I think it is a Russian studio, but then they moved to Cyprus or something. So there's like some kind of, I don't really know the backstory on it. So some people are kind of questioning it, but, uh, but I, I'll probably play a bit more at least to give it a chance. What'd you think, Huck? Well, I don't even know if I really got the gameplay. I mean, I got, I did get to some gameplay, but I didn't get to any shooting. Uh, I had just gone down into like the underground facility, basically. And then I stopped. So I don't know how much further you got than that. But um, I did kind of like the world. It was really weird. Like, I'm kind of interested because there's like a lot of like weird imagery. Like you go and and just like weird gameplay decisions. Like the first part is kind of like you're walking through this, you know, uh, celebration. Okay, that's all right. And then you like, oh, we'll just stop in at this lab and like upgrade your thing. You're like, okay, I guess that's cool. And they give you the scanner, but don't give you any reason to actually use it. 
right there. It's just like, oh yeah, you have this. It'll be cool in the future. And you're like, okay, that's weird. Why, why give it to me now then? And then, and then it's like, oh, you got to go meet some dude. And you like go up in this tower and then get a key and then go back down the tower and then hop in a car. And you're like, what is going on? Like, why did I just go all the way up this giant <laughs> tower and then just come all the way back down? Yeah. And then there's so weird. There's a part where you get in the car and then it like it, something picks you up and you're like hovering over the city. But that yeah. goes on forever. It's like, yeah. Hey, give me a cool shot of the city from the sky, but it doesn't need to be 10 minutes long, you know? Yeah. But I guess the other thing is you have like this glove that I assume is going to be kind of like all your upgrades and stuff. We'll we'll go through that. And it's kind of interesting. I don't know. For some reason, the game reminded me a bit of hardcore Henry, the movie. I don't know why specifically, like, you know, that's that movie is like a kind of made to look like a first person shooter. It's like an action movie that looks like a first person shooter, but it's kind of got this goofy tone as well. Uh, something about it reminded me of that, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm definitely not feeling quite the same level of atmosphere and stuff as, uh, Bioshock, but yeah, it's, yeah, it does feel like Bioshock light. Yeah, for sure. I thought in the review I watched, the coolest stuff was with, I don't know if you have them yet, but like these, these tentacles that come out of the hand, the glove there, it seemed like there was lots of cool animations for a first person game where like the hands feel real, like, like what a real person would do or very subtle animations on your hands, depending on what you were doing. That was the only thing I was like, wow, that's kind of neat. Or I haven't seen that before. I haven't got to that part yet, really, but I like the world stuff I saw though. I thought it looked like an intriguing world. The review I watched said what Huck said, like go doing a hundred switches or going up and then back down, like the world the mission design just doesn't make sense in terms of what people would actually do in the world. Yeah. And, uh, I, I thought that the voice actor for the main character was Chris Evans. Like I couldn't get it out of my head. It sounded, it sounds exactly like him. Like, I'm like, is this captain America talking to me right now? And, um, the last thing I noticed, which was kind of strange, but it, so I was playing on Xbox game pass PC version and in the controls settings, there's an option to turn on PlayStation icons, which I found extremely surprising that you'd even be allowed to put that in your game on a Microsoft side. Dude, games so, are meant for everyone across the world, no matter regardless of what controller they use. This is definitely well, because of the Activision deal. <laughs> it could be. It could be. I don't know. I don't know, but. It was very surprising to see that, uh, to be honest. But yeah, I don't have much more to say. I mean, I didn't. I didn't even get to a point where the gun. I just had the axe. Uh, yeah, I only. I, I only got to melee combat as well. So okay. To say. So yeah. So it's just such a long intro. It's it's hard to even say how I feel about it because right now my feeling is kind of negative because I haven't done anything and it was so long. I kind of like did I just burn all my <laughs> gameplay time watching this walking simulator kind of stupid thing. So I, I don't know, not a good first, first impression in the first, you know, 30 to 40 minutes or whatever. And if you're still at just melee combat after like an hour and a half or whatever you said, I'm, I don't know if I'll be able to make it to a third play session to get my, uh, my guns. 
though. Yeah, and I think just as far as I can remember, I don't think you can skip any of those cutscenes. I don't. I don't think so. I don't. I don't really remember trying to, but a lot of them were not. Uh, like, I, I don't think you lost control of the character for that long, other than the car flying through the city one. But obviously, like, I didn't. I didn't try to skip that. Uh, I probably should have, but yeah. A lot of it is just like you're walking through the city and kind of stuff's talking at you kind of thing as you go. Yeah. But yeah, not not a good first impression for sure. I've heard it's pretty buggy as well. So it feels, I just get cyberpunk vibes. Like it's not ready. It's out. And this is a game you'd be better off waiting a year to play. So, so Frank, I noticed you didn't respond to my, my statement in our group chat. Yeah. So there's a bit of a controversy here. Power Picks, Frank's beloved Power Picks, yeah. has refused to do a guide for this game because they said, I guess it becomes sort of like an open world game and it doesn't track anything for you very well and it doesn't like show the map well and it just is super frustrating to get the platinum or to the 100% it or whatever. So, Frank, will you man up and get this platinum or will you? agree with power picks and follow their lead. You didn't, you get an answer. Well, I, I probably won't play it <laughs> if it's that hard to get achievements and trophies. Or I, I think of when I skimmed the article you sent, they're kind of broken as well. Like you can get locked out of certain trophies permanently. Oh yeah. I I'm, I'm not really sure. I'm, don't quote me on that. But uh, it's definitely another barrier to entry to playing this game. For sure. For sure. That that was just an interesting thing to me because I hadn't really thought about that. Like I always assumed that developers kind of work with some of these uh, sites that that do the walkthroughs and the guides and stuff. But, um, you know, yeah, at a certain point, if a game is like that hard to do, like I don't know. What do you do? Like especially if you're the one that people are trusting to tell them how to get through it. Uh, that's a problem. Yeah. And I would have thought that part of the QA process for Microsoft is to guarantee people can get yeah, all yeah, the for achievements. Sure. So obviously they were either e- able to do it or they just kind of let it slide. I don't know, but it's very strange. Yeah. Maybe it just requires certain knowledge of the game that they don't actually give to the player. Very easily. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I know you're. I know you can give like hints and stuff when you're going through cert on like how to do stuff. So maybe that's the missing link. Maybe we just need some super nerds to go in there and dissect this game and tear it apart and you know create maps for everything, and then the 100 percent will be achievable. Someone will do it. I'm sure. Frank, I'm looking at you, bud. Not going to be me. That's <laughs> speaking of hundred percenting or completing games. I beat Forspoken. Uh, probably about forty hours in at this point. Here and there, wow. I feel pretty much the same way. The story is the story structure is great. The writing and performances are not. If this game had gotten another six months to to a year, and had me working on it, it could have been one of the best games ever made. Uh, it, it, it has the potential there to be amazing. I still love the combat. I like exploring the open world. I'll just, I will fire up a podcast or something and 
play through and just try to hundred percent areas. And I, I still enjoy it. So I, I might 100% this game, which, you know, is, does not happen often where I'm not compelled to go through everything, but I, I like Forspoken. I'm one of those people that uh, actually enjoyed this game. <laughs> cool. I, nice. I think continuing the continuing the trend of 100%ing, I completed and 100%ed achievement list Subnautica just uh, the other day. Full achievements and as well? Full achievements. I must say, they're not super hard to get. There's only like 17 of them. Speaking my language now. (laughs) Yeah, and I think all of them but one, you kind of get naturally. So it's pretty pretty easy to achieve, I must say. Um, But I still really, really like this game. I like the loop. I like, you know, crafting stuff. But the one thing I don't like about these crafting games is that if there is something that is like a rare object in the world you need to find and you don't know, you don't have a clue where it is. They don't tell you. So like in the last area, you're supposed to collect these like five ingredients that are like basically samples of all the different plants around the Subnautica world. And they, they give you a hint. They kind of imply where four of the five are because there's these gates and right outside the gates, there's like the, the plant you need to cut to get. But the fifth one is like a complete mystery. And it turns out it's in the room where you originally get the quest, but it's like down sort of like a crevice in like these caves that you'd never even notice unless you were like deeply exploring this area. And I can't even imagine how, if you were playing this game, how you'd know to explore in this room. So if I didn't, if I wasn't looking at a guide or like looking up where to find this thing, you know, it took me five minutes, but if I was trying to find this thing for myself and it's only in this like one room in this one crevice, like out of sight, out of mind, how would you find this thing? And I think outside I don't, the box, I don't get bud. It. I guess. Yeah. But I mean, I could have spent 20 hours just searching for this one ingredient. And it seems crazy that they don't have some sort of system to, I mean, they, they have one system that lets you find things. It's like called the scanner room, but I don't think it can scan for like plants or specific plants. So it's weird. It was like a weird choice and maybe, maybe it was more obvious, but I don't know. It didn't seem obvious to me. And I find like, this is the same kind of like barrier of entry for me with like, even games like Minecraft where like, I don't, I don't really like randomly combining shit to find recipes and then, you know, have to find more of that thing to make it. I I don't know. I don't like that aspect of crafting games. And, and this obviously does a pretty good job because most of the stuff is pretty readily available for you to find and what like the biomes and stuff are pretty memorable so once you find them you kind of know how to get back to them and then harvest what you need but um yeah some of the other games i i just can't get into for that reason so i love it i think it's a great game everyone should play it but that part was a little frustrating and you know i'm I'm glad that other people have played this game and have a guide up there that I could just quickly search where this thing is and just go get it because I would not want to spend the time trying to track that thing down. Yeah, that's pretty annoying. 
Sean, you got anything? Yeah, I guess I'll mention I played through uh, The Last of Us Left Behind. Um, Interesting. I, I heard, just installed that. Yeah, I heard this week's episode of the show deals with that, and I had never played it, so I thought I'd fire it up. And, you know, it was just like a perfect, like, two, two and a half hour length. I, I wish there was more games that were kind of like just playing one night, one and done kind of thing, but I get why we don't get triple A games like that very often, but yeah, it was cool. It was like a kind of interesting feels like they're experimenting a bit with the storytelling. I could see maybe how they're building on that to then the last of us part two, but it's uh, you know, it's got, it kind of takes place right after uh, Joel is shot at the um, uh, university campus. Is that where it is? And then, uh, and then it's paired with like flashbacks to, I guess the first time, Spoilers. <laughs> interesting how it jumps like immediately cuts back and forth between those two things like you don't see that in games very often i guess because of load times but feels like we should be able to do that this generation a little more often so i always that's my first observation i think i had it during forespoken as well there's no editing in game cutscenes at all like they do not use editing for dramatic effect ever. Even in pre-rendered stuff, it's very rare that they use interesting editing. I remember pitching that at uh, SK for a game. Like, why aren't we doing more with editing in our cutscenes? Like building dramatic tension with editing and saying, and that, I, there are technical reasons for sure, like loading if it's real time and stuff like that. But it feels like a huge missed opportunity and another way that games are not movies and way behind storytelling in movies. Yeah. I, uh, I'll just say I've not played Metroid prime remastered trying to finish up Forspoken first. I am carrying a great shame as a result because I was so excited for the day one drop. I will get there. I promise you I did play some game boy and game boy advance games on the emulators on mm. Nintendo online beat the first Kirby's game. I'm like, I got to see what the deal with Kirby is. So I played the game boy version. It is a terrible game. Uh, <laughs> it's the good thing is it's only a half an hour long. Uh, and I had a flashback to when I was 10 years old or whenever the game came out. And I, I was so excited. I play. It's like, wait, jump is one button, but up is also jump. You can fly over things. No, no. Up is not jump. Up is inflate yourself. Yeah, same difference. You go up. No, it's the same. Not, no, 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 no. <laughs> I like, I can. In the first game, you don't have the ability to swallow things to get their power, which I started the Super or sorry, the NES one, and it added that ability. But I still don't get it. I will say for a Game Boy game, the graphics are still imp- like, it looks cool. It's got a great. That vi- tree? Yeah, it's that tree boss. All the bosses are cool. Uh, it, w- it was fun to actually see where Kirby started. We'll see if I continue my journey through the Kirby series to see if I, it finally clicks. Now, were you listening to a podcast when you're playing Kirby or were you listening to the sweet, sweet music? Don't remember. Okay. I must say I, the music is very memorable for me, probably because I played it a ton as a kid, but I like the soundtrack of that game too. I think it adds a lot and it's got a lot of charm to it. So I know Game Boy cartridges were not big, but I was surprised it's only five levels. 
Yeah. Five I, I'm, I, it's the first game I remember being kind of, you know, like I rarely beat games now. I certainly even more rarely beat games when I was a kid, but like, I remember beating it and just being like, that's it. Like yeah. I was so disappointed. <laughs> so that was in 1990. Imagine now you play that like that. That's, that's a game. I kind of like it. <laughs> I wish more games for five levels. <laughs> yeah. But the level design, exactly. the level design is not that interesting. There's one part. I, I wish I remembered it. I kind of want to do a, my first game junk roasts with the first uh, Kirby game. Like this is terrible game design, like level design by any standard. <laughs> 1980, 1990. Now this is not, this is not good. Um, but whatever, you know, moving on. Who's next? Uh, I mean, that's about it for me. I was going to say, why don't you continue your game boy, your game boy, uh, well, I played a bit. Not the only one. I played a bit of Minish Cap, uh, which I had never played before, and I did the first two dungeons, two and a half. I'm still trying to get a few few hours in here and there. It's a good 2D Zelda game. I'm enjoying it so far. I like the the idea of shrinking and growing and the world changing. It's a gated experience essentially. Like it's just like any game that uses. Uh, it's almost like Ragnarok, those time portals or whatever, where it's just they're in specifically designed places. It's not like an exploration thing. It's uh, just to switch things up, but it's good. Anyone else have anything? I could, I could just quickly. I played a few Steam Fest demos. Oh yeah, yeah. and I just I got to go over them just super quickly. I played one called Cornucopia, which I thought looked interesting. It was kind of like Harvest Moon, not Harvest Moon, uh, Stardew Valley. But um, it definitely is like leaning heavy on the Stardew Valley vibes, but it's different in that it is like a 3D world and all the sprites and objects are 2D. And I must say, using like the tools and trying to line up with a 2D sprite in a 3D world is difficult. I found I was like slightly ahead, then I was like slightly behind and I was having trouble hitting the things. And the intro is just super, super slow. So hopefully they kind of like pick it up, speed it up, improve that and and make like collision detection a little bit more lenient because it was it was pretty painful to try to line stuff up. I mean, Stardew Valley, I, I feel like doesn't have the same problem. Wouldn't the kind of basis for comparison be something like Octopath Traveler, I would think, or from what I'm seeing? For this game? Yeah. Like in terms of like... A three D, a three D world, yeah. and moving a two D character. Like in, I'm talking about so. and, and getting it's not like nearly the, as polished. the interactions to feel good. Uh, uh, maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah. I guess so. I, speaking of a game that's like Octopath Traveler, though, I played a game called the uh, Wandering Sword or the Wandering Sword. I can't remember what it is, but it is like straight out of Octopath Traveler vibes. Not quite as polished as Octopath Traveler. Octopath Traveler has a lot of like effects going on and stuff but the battle style is just like uh live alive that game that's how this the like combat works so i'm not a huge fan of that combat but it, if you like live alive i think this is a is a cool game and i, oh, I is it, it ever has oh my god what's that is, is it ever similar to those games i'm looking at oh, it yeah. right now oh yeah it's the only thing is like the the like character animations feels a little not, like uh, there's not as many frames. 
in the animations. Like it's a little jerky in that regard. So it's missing that sort of like Square Enix polish of just like sheer money. Um, but I, I also I couldn't skip cutscenes, so I was like trying to like skip to more battles and stuff, but I couldn't skip it. So that was kind of frustrating. But I think if you like that live alive game, you should you should look at this game, Wandering Sword, and I think it might be something people might be interested in. And then um, I played a game I had actually kickstarted a long time ago called Arcadian Atlas, which is kind of a um, Final Fantasy Tactics style game. And I I was uh, a little scared afterwards because it is quite clunky in the controls. There is like a lot of button presses to get your characters to do anything. And if you like misclick, it basically like resets your input kind of like they have to do. So then you have to go back and click the guy you want. And then you have to click move. And then you have to click, you know, the right square. And there was also a lot of collision issues where like I've clicked move. So now you get the kind of like movement square on the board and I'm trying to hit the square I want to go to, but there's like a character in the way in, you know, in perspective in the way. And I can't click the square because the guy's in the way. And if I click the guy, then it selects the guy. So there's like a lot of like quality of life things that really need to be addressed, I think. But uh, I don't know. I kickstarted this game like three, four years ago. It's kind of like it's getting up there. So I'm a little concerned that uh, I know they've had to like do contract work in order to get enough money to finish the game. So hopefully they can polish it up in you know, their beta phase or whatever and, and smooth out these rough edges, but didn't, didn't leave me with the greatest of impressions. The art's really nice and the characters are really nice. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of like gameplay issues I had. Uh, I played two more games, one called scene investigators, which is sort of like a 3d detective game, but it was actually giving me a case of the golden idol vibes because it's basically a room where a murder has happened and you have to walk around the room and sort of deduce what happened. So it's it's kind of like they'll give you three questions like, uh, so the case I did was there's a table and there's five chairs around the table and you have to, it's kind of like who is sitting at chair number two? You have to answer that question. And then you have to say who killed you know, the person that died and who is sitting at tier number three or whatever, or how they do it. So there's sort of like things they want you to solve. So I found that interesting, very like case of the golden idol. Instead of like a 2d picture though, it's like a 3d environment. Uh, the only thing it didn't have though, that was really missing was it didn't seem to have any of the like clue tracking that case. The golden idol has, you know, you find something, it doesn't like put a little note somewhere that, that you could then use to reference. So I feel like right now it's, it's a little uh it's a little it the barrier to entry is pretty big like you basically have to play one of these in one sitting or you're not going to be able to remember what you did or you have to take notes as you're playing it so i don't that might be a turn off uh to some people and there wasn't anywhere that i could see in like the ui or anything to actually like create notes or anything or store the information you you've learned so that was a bit of a turn off but overall i thought it has potential because uh, it, it was very much Case the Golden Idol like, but in this 3D environment, in terms of like the investigation part. You and own the their, you I, own their other game. Did you? I can't remember what you thought of it. The the Payne's Creek Killings. 
Did you ever play it? I don't think I played that one. I didn't even realize these guys made a different game. Let me see. What's the... Uh, it says you own it anyway on Steam. I just... Let me just look up the... Oh, wait, no, it's not, you. Steam it's not you. Never mind. Yeah. Never mind. I take it back. You haven't played it. But they have another <laughs> game that's on sale right now. Okay. Uh, that's a detective game. Yeah, I'm not a detective sh- game, so... It's five bucks. Uh, yeah, I don't know this game. This game does not look familiar, so I, I may own it, but I, I don't, haven't played you it. You don't own it. I was wrong. Oh, this, uh, oh okay, I see. Um. <laughs> And then the last thing I played with, I think Dwight also played, was the Planet of Lana demo, which I don't have much to say. Like, it's a pretty intriguing world. I like the art style, giving me inside vibes in the gameplay mechanics, but not as compelling as inside to me is basically my takeaway. Yeah, I didn't I didn't play the full demo. Um, neither, but, neither did I. But, you know, the art style was always the thing that kind of drew me to this game, but then I was always like, what is the actual gameplay? And yeah, I mean, you're controlling this girl who has like this alien companion and you have to kind of tell that companion to stay in certain locations or come to you and like kind of order him around in order to solve puzzles. Kind of gave me a little bit of a boy in his blob vibe a little bit. Not that there's any jelly beans that I saw, but <laughs> uh yeah, I mean, it It looked, I would say, like, uh, Inside and Limbo are good comparisons. Yeah. It, it almost get, it gave me kind of, like, Eco or Ico vibes, where you're, yeah. like, telling the girl to stop. Stop. Come here. Stop. You know, yeah, like, exactly. That kind of thing. So, mm, I don't know. It has potential. <laughs> has potential. Yep. And that's it. That's all. Uh, I finally went through it all. Sean, anything left for you? Nope. All right. Well, a lot to talk about. It had been a while, so we're we're all caught up, ready for no news, I'm sure, for the next little while. Hopefully that changes. I'll play some new PSVR 2 stuff, Sean. You're going to have to come over and give it a a little workover. I feel like you need to get under that visor, brother. Oh, yeah. I'm feeling the itch. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Thanks for listening or watching on YouTube.com forward slash Game Junk. Discord servers on the YouTube link. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.